Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Now, if you'll turn your Bibles to James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 2 through 4 for the next few minutes. As we think about trying to maintain as much normalcy and habit as we do in the other times, I wonder, did any of you stand during that song before the lesson? That's sort of a habit, right? So, think with me today, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing." talk today about the value of the virus. We are in the midst of some difficult things. Never in my lifetime of 60 years do I remember anything like this. This is so fascinating because we're caught up in it. You can't even turn on the television without hearing about it all the time and the radio hearing about it all of the time. I even noticed on ESPN they're trying to run some shows, but at the bottom they have a crawler where they are listing various athletes who have declared that they are coronavirus positive. We are inundated by the news and the virus itself as it spreads continually. And of course, we're not finished. We're doing a good job, I think, in handling it. I think our shepherds have advised us wisely on how to handle things as a group and, and what we're doing to support our community, to realize we care about the health of everyone. But this virus is dastardly. It's rough. It attacks the, the, the weakest among us, and it harms those who already have some pre-existing conditions because it attacks the lungs and the ability to breathe, and, and it's very tough. And, and so we're talking about a, a sickness and a difficulty. There are so many viruses, so many diseases, so many problems in the world, so these are not the only ones but oftentimes when we are so inundated, so flooded by talk of virus and sickness and disease, we need to be reminded of what this passage is teaching us in James chapter 1. We're going to see the value in the virus. And if you join with us through this venue again tonight, we're going to notice the victory over the virus that occurs in a few other verses in this chapter of James 1. Go with me, if you will, to this text. And by the way, if you want to see the outline of this lesson, I noticed when I was looking earlier that there is a way you can see it there as you notice it on the screen. First of all, notice with me, if you will, three words, three key words in this text. One of them is in verse 2, the word fall. The second is in verse 3, the word testing. And the third is in verse 4, the word work. Notice what he says. When you fall into various trials... 
First of all, the word for trials, you're wondering because later on, down in verse 12, he writes about, blessed is the man who endures temptation. And it goes on to say that God cannot, verse 13, tempt anyone. He doesn't provide temptation. This is not a different word. It's the same word. The context tells you whether it is a trial uh, basically to the physical body versus a temptation that affects the spiritual. God is not involved in offering temptation or trial to challenge us spiritually. He is not trying to disrupt our spiritual lives. That's what the devil is doing. And so the word is rightly translated temptation when it refers to what the devil is doing to try to disrupt us spiritually. However, the word trial. The word trial is a word that could certainly disrupt us spiritually, but it attacks us on the physical level, either physically or emotionally or mentally. And, and God does allow that. God even does at times and has throughout history used the physical body to, to discipline, to challenge, and to correct. And so God is involved in that kind of thing. And so this verse is about when we fall into various trials. These kinds of things like we are dealing with right now. But notice the word fall the word fall is exactly what you would expect it to be. It's a word that says, I didn't want to be there. I did not intend to be there. It's a word fall. We all who were here might remember, and because Phil is sitting in the crow's nest, I could say it, the day when he came up the steps and he fell into the stage. He didn't intend to do that but he certainly did. That's what falling is about. And he says in this situation, he is talking about exactly what we are going through because we didn't intend for this. As far as I know, no one intended for this. I don't want to accuse anybody of saying we're going to start a pandemic that's going to kill many people. I don't want to believe that. And so this is not something that was intended but it is certainly something we have fallen into. And notice what he says, be ready, be aware. There are times that you're going to fall into these trials. We are there. Look at verse 2, the word testing. The word testing is a word that comes from a Greek word from which we get our English word, document. Notice what he's saying Let's read it with that translation. Knowing that the documentation of your faith produces patience. This is a word that means it's a challenge to give or to show the veracity of something. This word to document or to test says, I'm going to challenge you to see if it's real. I want to know if it's real. So the question that we ought to ask in this verse is simply this. When the testing comes in this verse, and he says the testing of your faith produces patience, whose Faith, obviously, is he testing? Well, the one who has fallen into the trials. Well, who is the testing for? 
God already knows who we are. God already knows about us. So it's not God. It's not before God whom we are documenting it. Therefore, this time of trial obviously is to document in one of two ways or both. Number one, it'll document for me how strong my faith is as we go through this difficult time or any other trials. And certainly there are other trials that right now for so many people are even worse than this coronavirus, having to live with certain things all of the time. What does the testing of that faith do? It shows, it documents, it verifies that that person really does have the faith that this person says they have. Or number two, it could document it for everybody else. People are watching us who claim to have great faith in God. They're watching us to see how we handle this. And, and it will, this virus as other difficulties and diseases, they will in fact document for them whether we are people of faith or whether we have fallen away from our faith because of the things that we have fallen into. Third, in verse 4, let patience have its perfect work. That word is exactly what you would expect. It is a task. It is a job. It is an employment. It is something that you are supposed to do or that is supposed to be done. In verse 4, let patience have its perfect work. Patience has a job to do. And this job is done through the trials of life. So these three words are important in our study. Fall, testing, and work. Now back up and let's look at three more words that are a little different. Verse 2, joy. Verse 3, patience. And verse 4, perfection or perfect. Think with me about these words for just a minute. My brethren, count it all joy. Here's what I learned about that word that I have never seen before. The root of this word means an awareness of God's grace. Well, that makes sense to me. How is it when I know the grace of God and I'm aware of it and it's a part of my life and, and I feel it and I experience it, how could I not rejoice? How could I not have joy? It is interesting that this Word that begins with an awareness of the grace of God then becomes joy and rejoicing. But notice what he said, count it all joy. The word to count is actually a word for leadership. Just as Brian was talking about in our class this morning, this is a word of leadership. So now we connect the concept of leadership with the finding of joy. Notice what he's saying, lead in all joy. That's what he's telling these brethren. My brethren, lead with joy when you fall into various trials. Doesn't that change what the verse looks like? When he says count it, yes, you consider it, but that word is a leadership idea. It's saying I'm going to take the lead and I'm going to go forward and I'm going to move this way and, and people can count on me, see? As I count it all joy, I am expressing leadership 
through finding joy in this difficult situation. Doesn't that change the idea drastically? Look at verse 3. Patience. Patience is endurance. Endurance. Ezra had told me that he was going to be on the track team at school. And I thought that was great. And I said, what are you going to run? He said, I'm going to be a cross-country runner. And I said, well, that's really good. I used to run cross-country when I was much younger. I picked him up after his first day of track practice. And I said, how did it go? Are you doing cross-country? Oh, no. Why are you not doing cross-country? Well, I didn't realize you had to run that long. <laughs> now, Ezra, wait a minute. Cross-country means you're running cross-country. You're running long distance. He didn't get it. He didn't know. He thought he was just running from here to there, I guess. I don't know. But that's not what long uh, cross-country is. It's endurance. It's going the full distance. It's going all the way. This word, this idea, this testing of your faith that produces endurance. It literally means a remaining under. A heavy burden that is placed upon someone pushes them away from it and they fall. If you can hold up that weight, you're under it. You're bearing it. You're holding on to it. But if it crushes you, you're no longer under it, holding it up. That's what this word means. And he's saying this is what patience is. It is allowing yourself to remain under something without it crushing you. That's the idea. To endure through difficulties means to remain under it, but don't let it crush you into the ground. Third, in verse 4, is the word perfect. We studied that word often during last year as our theme was going on to perfection. We identified or defined the word perfect as letting God have complete control of my life. Let patience have its perfect work. Patience has a job. Patience has a job to do. Endurance has a job. It works on me. The longer I endure, it works on me. Those who run cross country, the longer they run, the more they run, they build up their ability to run even farther. They become stronger. They become more fit to do that kind of thing. And that's what he's saying. Let patience work on you. Let patience or endurance Help you to be better. Let it fulfill its task. Let it fulfill its job that it's supposed to do. And what is that? To make us complete. To make us perfect. God wants us to let Him have complete control of our lives. He wants us to let Him run our lives. And that's what this verse is saying. It's saying that as this endurance or as this patience is working on us, God 
if we allow him to work, is becoming more and more in charge of our daily lives. And that's what God wants to do. He wants us to be people who rely on him. These are six important words in this text. So now we need to answer the question. What is the value in the virus? Are we really supposed to find a value in the virus? Isn't it bad? Isn't it terrible? Isn't it awful? Do we want it to be eradicated? Do we want to get rid of it? Do we wish that it never had occurred? Absolutely, that's true. But it's here. And as in all of life, he says in verse 2, find joy. Look for it. Seek for it. Find joy in this trial. The first value of the virus is that it gives us an opportunity to lead in finding and being joyful people. As people watch us go through this, as people see us involved in how we handle this virus, are we maintaining our joy? Are we people who have joy in our hearts? Or is it bringing us down into depression? We need to be people of joy. I did a wedding yesterday. Fine, fine young couple. It's really sad that this young couple wanting to, to start their lives together with all of their friends and family together and could not do it because of this situation. Because of what has been going on, they couldn't have the people nearest and dearest to them, at least all of them, and it was just a very small, intimate gathering of family. Can you find joy in that anyway? Yes, we did. We found joy in it. The joy was that the people who really were nearest and dearest supported them, and praised the situation. I was so impressed that in the ceremony of the marriage, they had given me so many verses from the Psalms about praise to God. In that difficult time, when they really wanted a bigger, better, more people involved ceremony, they found the joy. And they expressed it to God, and they expressed it to each other, and we expressed it as family. The opportunity to lead in finding joy in this time of virus is the value of the virus. Number two, this virus is an opportunity for us to find out how faithful we really are. There are many, I'm sure, who look at this virus and blame God. Why have you caused this, God? Why have you let this happen? This is your fault. You can do something about it and you don't. Of course, we know that, that God allows things because sin is in the world and the consequences of sin just continue. And, and I'm absolutely certain that viruses and diseases and, and all kinds of disabilities, all kinds of things are the result way back of sin. God didn't make a world in its original state that would have been filled with virus and disease and sickness or even death. 
And these people who want to blame God for this just don't understand God at all. God is not to be blamed for this virus. When we see this, how are we handling it? Let it be a time where I can look inwardly and, and show that I have even stronger faith by going through these things. Let other people see us sharing our lives of faith even during these difficult times. And when we take this terrible situation and use it properly, letting that patience work on us, it proves that we really do have the faith that we say we have. Can you say that about your faith today? Third, according to this verse, verse 4, the value of the virus is that it will make us people who are allowing God to take over. Patience works on us. Patience is a work. It is not something that naturally comes. It is not something that comes to us from the time we're born. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Every child born into the world has to learn patience because when they are not feeling good or when they're hungry or something is bad, you know it, don't you? You know it because they scream or they holler, they cry, they let you know. And over time as they grow, we teach them patience. Patience is something we learn. And how do we learn it? We don't learn patience when everything is going well. We learn patience when things are not going well, when, when I'm feeling bad, when things don't seem to be the way I want them to be and the way I wish that they were, if I go through it and I let patience reign, I am working on my patience. And notice that patience is working on me. That's the key to this. So the value then of the virus is that it can allow me to work on being patient so that patience can work on me. The value of the virus. I hope these thoughts have been encouraging and helpful during this time. I want you to think about this for just a minute. I found someone sent these to me. I think Suzanne Thompson did. Let's think about this during this time. When this is over, may we never again take for granted a handshake with a stranger, full shelves at a store, conversations with neighbors, a crowded theater, a Friday night out, the taste of communion together with our brethren, a routine checkup, the school rush each morning, coffee with a friend, the stadium roaring, each deep breath. How about a boring Tuesday or life itself? When this ends, may we find that we have become more like the people we wanted to be, that we have become what we were called to be and what we hope to be, and that we stay that way, better for each other because of the worst that is happening. Today, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think 
Am I handling this well? Is my life right with God? Yes, there is an invitation time to say, I want us to think about our lives, and I want you to think individually. If you need to change your life, just pray to God as a Christian to say, I want to be better and I want to do better. Let us know and we'll pray for you. Maybe there's someone in this audience who is ready to have the virus of sin taken away in baptism. Why don't you give us a call? We can find a way to do that. We don't want to leave this time without challenging us to be better people. So today I make that challenge to you. Will you in fact let us examine ourselves and become better people through this time? We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.